Life is a game, play it. Life is a challenge, meet it. Life is an opportunity, capture it. Unknown. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. And all of you have been submitting questions and comments. The amount of impact that Alexi and Preston make shocked me as in how many coaches know of your work or know of what you're doing. So there was a lot of questions that came in, and I'm finally excited to get you on the show. Alexi, how are you doing? Oh, so good. So happy to be here with you. I'm going to, right before I get into your intro, I just, everyone listening, there is, I just ask one thing, and we live in like an information overload, and you can listen to this episode, and you can get inspired, and then you can go and keep doing what you've been doing. All I want, and don't do it for me or don't do it for Lexi, but just do it for yourself, of grab one or two things that really stand out, write them down, and like maybe just don't listen to anything else unless you implement one or two things. That's all I ask. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Um, would you agree, Alexi? Like we live in such a world of like, yes. And I'm a content creator too, so I'm like I'm part of the disease, but <laughs> right, we're but part it's of the like, problem. <laughs> like just one thing. So, uh, Alexi and Preston made a, a massive impact on me over the last few months. Um, I get emotional just thinking about it. I, I truly do because we'll get into it. I just I, I want to just express, A, my gratitude, and B, whoever's listening, uh, take this work, work seriously because there's more than, just, uh, more than just chasing success. That is what I've really learned, and that's what I really want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a, a process that I know I've been in that process myself and feel like it's been unfolding quite a bit as well. And I feel like a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, we have that hunger and that thirst to create and to provide mm. and to just bring value to the world. And I think when we can kind of shift that mindset and put it on ourselves, like how can we find the deepest value in our own life? Totally, totally. I'm just going to give you a, a, just a brief intro and we'll be getting to all of this. But um, Alexi and Preston, you guys co-created The Bridge Method. I think that'd be mm-hmm. fair to say. Uh, Soul School, author of Now or Never, 50 Ways to Yay. I've got both books in front of me, both great books. Um, mom, wife, entrepreneur, artist, speaker. I was watching your little bio and you're like, you consider yourself an artist. And I love that because I don't think yeah. the difference between creators and artists, it's the same thing. Um, same we're thing. just a little bit more savvy with numbers than maybe your typical artist. But <laughs> but we figured that part out. Um, yeah. Uh, married wife, the cutest kid, Kingston. You've got a second kid coming. Yeah, um, yeah. Pregnant now. So we're, we're in that journey, which is great. It, and I asked a few people of what they thought of you, like what was their impression of you? And what I got back a lot was she has it all. And I was like, you know what, I, Instagram and social media can make it seem like that. A lot of people are projecting that. And I get that. Sure. We don't want to complain or, or be negative. But I truly, after experiencing you and after experiencing you and Preston and just your way of, I'm fairly certain that like you are as close to having it all as anyone I've met to date. So that wow. speaks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting because I think at one point, you know, I had a, a whole different life as an entertainment person and television and music, and I did well and made a lot of money. And I essentially, quote unquote, had it all back then as mm. well, um, but didn't, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know <laughs> it what you was, mean. Yep, yep, yep. It was totally lacking in so many ways. So I do, I feel so full from the inside out. And that internal reference point is truly my barometer for having it all. It's like, even without all the stuff. Right. Even without my amazing family, um, I, 
have a realization of what matters and um, I'm tapped into that and grateful for that and present to that. And I do think uh, because of that, I do have it all. And, and what I really like about we'll be getting into this is the whole goal and soul idea, but you also are making things happen. And I find that people are either one way or the other. They, they say they have, there's a street in, in Vancouver. That's very, um, I was there a few days ago and I thought about you guys because it's all very, um, ah, spiritual. It's got a spiritual vibe to it, but I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I think about eight or 10 times and I was trying not to judge this, but at the same time I was, is like people were complaining about the money and they were buying a $18 smoothie, but they were complaining about how expensive everything is. And that I heard, uh, to make it in life, you have to be in debt. Like I was hearing all these beliefs, wow, these, these things. And I was like, ah, like either people are very soul. And I work with a lot of very soul people who need a little bit more yeah. jam. And then there's people like me who sometimes go a little bit too far one way. <laughs> um, so what I really respect about it is you have this amazing way of being of acceptance and flow, yet you're out there making shit happen. And yeah. you're very goal-oriented at the same time. So that is, yeah. that is basically the theme of this episode is um, what does it mean to have it all and what does balance mean? Before we get into that, I want to get right to it of what does the bridge or being the bridge uh, mean to you for someone who might not be acquainted with your work? Yeah, so so the bridge initially started in terms of a word for what our methodology was because Preston and I were bridging kind of our life experience together, all the studies we had done, all the work we had done with different gurus and teachers around the world. We were kind of collaborating and bringing that together. And we recognized that we were bridging together so many Eastern and Western methodologies, philosophies, practices. And it was truly this amalgamation of all this beauty and all of this wisdom and all of this truth. And what we came to quickly realize through the work, because often the work is teaching us, yes. you know, whatever, whether it's we're writing a book or we're making a course or coaching a client, we're often learning and being taught in the process. What we recognize is the core foundation of our work is that we are the bridge, meaning we build a bridge for us to experience everything in life. So in order for me to experience happiness, I have to be the bridge for that. I have to extend myself and welcome that in for me to experience sadness same thing i've got to receive that in and welcome that in suffering anger all of that is my experience i am the bridge for that and it has been reaffirmed for me in so many ways because you know obviously i'm a person of privilege i am a greek woman in america that has you know had a lot of cards stacked in my favor. Yes, I've been working since I was essentially eight years old in my family's restaurant. We're an immigrant family. However, I recognize my privilege, but I do a lot of work overseas in um, developing nations. And I recognize that even people with very little that we would deem poor from the surface can have so much and can be the bridge for happiness, can be the bridge for compassion, can be the bridge for gratefulness, more so than some of the people I know with a ton of privilege. Mm. So for me, that was the real like nail in the coffin for me where I was like, this is it. This is one of those ultimate truths in life that no matter what your circumstances are, if you truly choose to have your experience be one way, that's what it will be, period. You are the bridge for that. And, and so that methodology or that system uh, created what is now the bridge. You do three or four or five workshops, I'm sure, two or three or five or something per year. Um, yeah. How many workshops are you in now? How many have you done around 40? Or was it 50? Uh, we are 30? probably around 50 to 60. It's, it's actually something I want to do. I want to count them because we've, we've been at it since 2014. 
And we're in 2019 now. When we first started, we were doing tours. So we were all over New Zealand in two different towns and all over Australia in five different towns. And we'd go to Toronto and London and just we'd be all over the place. So we've we've racked up quite a few. And um, the workshop is a living, breathing workshop. As you know, you're in there. And no two workshops are the same because it truly depends on who's in the space and what comes up. So mm-hmm. it's it's so much fun. It's the best work. And and to just explain it, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I just want to explain it because I've been asked, by the way, there's, if anyone is from Vancouver who would potentially be interested in a workshop, I did get a lot of messages. Shoot us a message, shoot me a message, or shoot Alexia a message. And, um, and hopefully with enough leverage we can invite Alexia and Preston to Vancouver to do one I would love that but um I've been asking I've been getting asked like hey what is a uh like what is it and I'm like like I actually don't know what it is like I haven't I I haven't been able to explain it I'm like it's really fucked up but it's really good um and it'll change your life and just go and and just just experience it fully and and just play big but uh, if you had to explain it is can you explain it in a few words is it doable yeah, yeah. So it is it's a game within a game within a game. The whole thing is a setup that you can't beat. And we created it that way because the ego is very tricky. And if it was a seminar style workshop where you're sitting and taking a bunch of notes and kind of passively receiving information, your ego would still be judging it whether, oh, I like this, I don't like this, and that's still a mechanism for safety. And mm-hmm. our whole intentionality is to blow up the confines of the ego so we can see kind of who is underneath there. We want to get to the core essence of who you are, that truest expression, and have that emerge. And the only way to do that is through putting you in these experiential exercises where you can't force it. So even if Preston and I took it, took our own work, when we know what's coming, we couldn't beat the game. And every result from every single exercise we do, you get an experience in the body that gives you evidence of your truest expression. And the more evidence we collect for your truest expression, the more we repattern the body to go, oh, this could be normal too. Maybe I want to feel this more rather than this. You guys, it's like one of those, uh, like the sick twisted movies where someone's like in the cube and like there's some, yes. there's two people pulling the strings and making sure that um, that's probably how you guys feel. I got three words and I want to dive into all three. Um, we don't have to start in any order, but I've got surrender. I've got success and I've got stretch three S words. Let's start with surrender. What is, um, surrender seems to be a theme, um, of a lot of your content and a lot of the things you talk about in different capacities. What's what's, and I've experienced it firsthand, but I want, I want to see what your, um, what does surrender mean to you? It's interesting. Surrender used to be a, like a dirty word for me because it felt very weak. And um, mm. as you know, because mm. you spent time with me, I, I am very comfortable in my masculine. I love to get shit done. I'm, I'm very driven and focused. And surrender felt like, no, I'm a creator. Like I create my life. I don't want to surrender mm. to it. I want to create it. And it took me a long time to really understand what the true meaning of surrender is. And for me, creator is like ego mode. Right. And ego's not always bad. Right. Ego's great. It helps us create things in the world, but we have to be consciously creating. Surrender is when you kind of go, okay, my ego may not want this, but my soul needs it. So it may not feel good on the surface. I may hate this right now, but internally, my soul is like, thank you. Yes. Finally, we needed this for more is really going, okay, can I turn off creator mode just for a second 
to surrender to what life is trying to emerge through me. Because when I'm in creator mode, much like you, I'm sure you get this and much like your listeners, it's like when you're in creator mode, it's like nothing can get in your way. You're on a mission. You are going, going, going. And sometimes we're going so fast that we can't see the truth of our lives. And surrender to me is slowing down and listening to what is trying to emerge through you, even if it may go against all your best laid plans of the ego. And and I think the nugget you laid in there that I learned was we so oftentimes think in either or, right or wrong, go, stop, fast, slow. And it seemed I was always afraid of that idea because, well, if I slow down, I mean, action (laughs) equals results. But in slowing down, um, I feel like I've, I've... gotten leverage that my actions are that much more aligned and they're that much more yeah i'm creating more impact so i see the tangible results from slowing down but i didn't understand it like it didn't make sense to me until i tried it and then i understand it now yeah and that that is surrender you know i think the soul and spirit and source whatever you want to call it is so much wiser than than the human self and if we can Slow down even once in a while. It doesn't have to be all the time, but once in a while, slow down and take some direction from that higher aspect of ourselves. Uh, we'll be guided to to the most aligned path, and more alignment means more results. So mm-hmm. it's win win. You know? uh, when when you were bridging the eastern and western, because I grew up in a very Catholic, um, hardcore family that kind of made me push that idea away. But now I started yeah. thinking about those prayers and the meditations that um, they teach. Now I'm I, I finally started bridging the two together. Of like now I understand what it actually was without what humans created around it and all the little yeah. ceremonies and incense and all that. Like I understood the essence of, of what prayer really is, is just slowing yeah. down and listening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I also had an aversion towards religion for a very mm-hmm. long time. Um, but again, the deeper I get in my practice, the deeper yeah. I realize it's all truly the same thing, the same concepts and the, the human mind got in the way of a lot of it to try and control stuff. I love that. It gave me so much uh, compassion or just understanding of, like, I get why my family may be the way they are or why that group yeah. of people are the way they are, but I, I yeah. understand it. Success. So we got surrender, which is, I, I feel like it's like, okay, that's one thing. And then we've got success. I think everyone has a different yeah. definition of success, but if someone asked you, what is success? How would you define it? Living the truest version of you possible. Period. Like I could, I could add so many superfluous adjectives mm. and make it sound a lot sexier, but that's truthfully like the essence of success is being yourself. And in a world where we are inundated with information that tells us to be somebody else, that tells us to have these kind of cars, these kind of clothes, this kind of career, this kind of money, this kind of partner, this kind of family, this kind of travel stamps in your passport, it is the biggest win in my book, if I can be myself without subscribing to the notion that I need to be anybody else other than my fullest expression. Do you feel like, and I can only speak from my experience, but do you feel like sometimes the, the work that you do or that creators do, um, and this is a deep question, causes is a cause of some of those problems because we look at, and I, I was asking people what they thought of you and they're like, oh my gosh, she has it all together. And you can, I think it's natural to want what something else has, or at least when you're first starting because you don't like where you are and then you see someone else yeah. and like, at least that yeah. motivates you to like, you know what, I'm going to aspire to be yeah. more of that. And then you find yourself along the way and you realize I don't have to be like Alexi, I can be me. 
Um, but is it conflicting ever for you? I talk to a lot of people who say it is. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's conflicting. I think I, I would say earlier in my journey it was because I, I feel like I was still in that process of owning my truth. And so at that moment, it did feel conflicting because I was still kind of looking to, oh, I'm supposed to do it like this or right. my following is supposed to look like this. But I've really come to a place where I just don't care anymore yeah. <laughs> about any of that stuff. And to me, that's true freedom, right? You know, we talk about financial freedom and lifestyle freedom and freedom to travel. And to me, that's all bullshit. Like if you're not free inside and if you're not mm. completely living your life from totally like. I don't care what society wants me to be or who they want me to look like, or especially as a woman, like I'm inundated with ideas of mm. who I should look like, especially I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 35. So I'm like closer to 40 now. And that means I'm supposed to get face fillers and all this stuff. And it's like, fuck that. Like, I'm just going to be me and be the fullest expression. So I say all that to say that, you know, there's, there's a, a maxim I heard in a book somewhere and I forget the book, but um, it was like, a young, a young uh, philosopher working with his master, his guru, and he says, the young philosopher goes, how can I be more like you? I just, I want to understand the world like you understand it. I, you inspire me so much. And he said, to be more like me, be more like you, because that's all I'm doing. I'm just honoring myself. And, and that really sticks with me, like, especially, you know, when we see other coaches and creators out there launching these types of programs and doing these types of Instagram things, it's like, What's real for me? You know, what do I want to do? And that's why I call myself an artist because I am committed to my own unique expression of the work, whatever that looks like. And of course I'm being inspired by everything because we can't help but being inspired, but I'm taking it through my unique expression. I love that. I love that. We're going to, we're going to circle back to that because I've got just a few little challenges or I want to open that up just a little bit further. We'll come back to it. I got one more word okay. though, stretch. What does, uh, yeah. What does stretch you guys talk about stretching and opening up your container and becoming the container that can allow what it is you truly want? And if, you know, what does, what does, what does the whole stretch? And you guys have a program, the stretch 22 as yeah. well, but what does stretch yeah. mean? Yeah. So stretch to me, if you think about it in terms of a visual, it's like Preston and I believe that most people are living at a 10 to 20% capacity of their wholeness, right? So just think about your body and then think about what a 10% sliver would look like. Now, where if we stretch that out to 20%, what that's going to require of us is to get super uncomfortable. That means we've got to get out of our, our usual habits. We've got to get out of our usual beliefs, our mindset. We've got to do things we're not used to doing. And when we stretch to 20%, it feels really like it's almost like an icky feeling at first because you're like, none of this feels normal. None of this feels good. Why am I doing this? And then you get to 20% and you're like, huh, okay, <laughs> new normal, right? And then it's only 20%. So Preston and I believe that our capacity to stretch is always there. As long as you're human, you have the capacity to stretch to that next level. Um, but the, within the stretch comes the promise of an amazing result, but you have to be willing to get into the game get your face dirty, fall on your face a thousand times, look completely stupid, feel stupid. And that is how you get that result. <laughs> the, the man in the arena is one of my, just to, yes. is, is one, I, I read that I'm sure weekly, if not monthly. And I used to have it posted it on my wall. It is one of my favorites. And when you first so start, you're getting so judged and, and you're judging yourself. Yes. And I just, I used to, that used to be my like gospel. Um, yeah. until you get to a point where you don't care as much, like you love the game so much that you, you are, you are a full out player. Um, 
So that kind of ties the two together. This idea of this this still this concept still keeps me up at night trying to like feel it out and fully understand it because there's so many different types of people um, and so many different types of personalities and so many different backgrounds. Like I know people who grew up, you know, they had to fight. Uh, have you ever read the book 50th Law by 50, 50 Cent and Robert uh -huh. Greene? It's amazing. Uh -huh. Like it just shows that perspective and it, it yeah. explains why 50 is the way he is. Um, totally. And then you read someone else who comes from a different background. So it's hard to like, here's one pill for, you know, for take this because this works. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to see it as like this whole goal in the soul thing. I truly never thought of it until I met you guys, the goal line yeah. and the soul line and where people are. Do you find that usually people are at either end of the spectrum? Yeah, yeah, especially, I mean, we work with all types of people, you know, from 18 to 80 years old have been in our rooms. And we find people are playing the either or game. You know, it's like either I'm spiritual and I need to, have an aversion to money and all things material and working for anything because who needs to work? I'm just present to the miracle of life. Right. Which mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some ways is true. It's amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. It's amazing. And then we also have the goal line people who are like, we create a reality. Let's go. <laughs> let's get this like one life. Let's make the most of it, which is true too. And so Preston and I realized that it's really this kind of and game instead of soul or goal either or we're playing the and game. We're saying, well, let's live both. Let's live at the intersection of both of those where we have a clear focus of where we're going, why we're going there, how we're going there, but we get that. We actually get that none of it matters at the end of mm. the day. And it's a game. <laughs> and if, if we're here as a human, we might as well play the game of human and see what we can create, see what we can generate from that. And I think that is the coolest part of living between those two lines is that you get to experience both because it is both. It is all. So why why rob yourself of the experience of being a creator? Why rob yourself of the experience of being all that is? We can be both. We can be all because we already are. That's it's very powerful. The way I was taught it was it was all goal, but it was like, hey, you're here once, go all in and get it. Yes. And that became such a um, truth to me that I was like, well, I will kill myself for the end goal, legacy, like what are you yeah. going to leave for the family? What are you going to do? And it's been yeah. so refreshing introducing it. I know a lot of goal people listening to this right now, like – if you're if you've known me for a year or two, you'll be like, "What is this guy talking about?" Because I was always so one way. But just even just a sliver of it, like an hour a day of just a little bit of soul, has has shaken a lot of things up and has. Yeah. I actually get to enjoy the process instead of always thinking about the end goal, which never comes. Like it's it's never yeah. gonna be there. You're never there. No, because once you get the yeah. goal, you want a new one. You're like, well, let's go bigger now. <laughs> yeah. So expanding on that and and. What's the fine line or what would your uh, ideas be around this whole hustle slash pull slash grind, which I think is important, and then the flow, and yeah. how do you know or how what can be coming up if you're like, okay, maybe, like I do believe that there's a barrier, just like a rocket ship leaving the earth, like it burns 98% of its fuel in its first few seconds Maybe yeah. entrepreneurship, that can be the first year or two. Like you're going to have to do yeah. things that you've never thought you'd do, make calls you've never thought you had to make yes. and cry 
more times that night, I'm a dude and I've cried many times. Like yeah. everything is wrong and I can't do this yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it builds a container that there's something about someone who's accomplished something hard that it just shines through their eyes. Like they have a grit yeah. about them. Um, and then you've got the whole flow. So just like allowing, there's a lot of law of attraction talk. There's a lot of, um, you know, think it into existence and it should be easy. I see those right. quotes a lot. Like it should just right. be easy. And right. I, from my experience, it's not. What's, what's your experience of that? Or your, um, for anyone listening who, who thinks it should be easy. Yeah. Yeah. I love this because I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we are beings of inertia. You know, we tend to get really comfortable really quickly and then we settle into that comfort and that comfort becomes our lives. And if we are not consciously creating, which is our gift as human beings, that we are conscious creators, we are not utilizing that gift, AKA utilizing the momentum of the hustle, especially in the beginning, because we have to overcome our inertia. We have to overcome our comfort zone. We've got to move really hard, really fast sometimes to push out and stretch those boundaries. If we're not doing that, the world is not going to just work for us. The universe isn't just going to be like, here, here you go. Here's the new iPhone because you were just sitting there thinking about an iPhone all day. No, you know, it's like a lot of people watched um, The Secret and they were just like, I'm just going to write checks and post vision boards everywhere. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do think that could be a part of the process. But if you are not actively playing the game with the universe, if that's what you believe in, then it's only, it's like a 50% shot that it's going to happen. Why not go 100% and utilize all your creative force? Because yeah. I believe that that is our gift. We are creative beings. We have the God within that we can literally create life, you know, like, Man and woman together can create life. If you take that powerful life force energy that can create a freaking human being and utilize that in the world to go create your dream, my goodness. And you do that with soul work along the way where mm. you're practicing deep attunement and alignment and you're listening and you're, you're, you're slowing down and you're really going, okay, is this a line? Yes. Okay. Then move. Ooh, you become a weapon at that point. That's, and that's, that's what I think one. more of us can use, you know? Hundred percent. That is, uh, that to me has become my new definition of, of what success is. That's like my yeah. new definition. I love that. Happiness. Um, I was watching some content of yours as I was doing some research, and um, there was one or two things on happiness. Um, I think there's even a book, or there was something that you had, or maybe it was a course. But it, it, its main thing was happiness, and happiness is such like a. Uh, uh, everyone's got their own idea of happiness and like, well, I want to be happy. Once I get this, I'll be happy. Or if I was just doing this, I'd be happy. Um, for, for someone who's listening, who's maybe searching for happiness, and I understand mm -hmm. the frustration of everyone trying to build something and things aren't working and things aren't clicking and you got a job and a boss chewing you out right now. And they're thinking they're going to be happy when they, um, right. what are your thoughts around that? Just happiness in general. Yeah, happiness, I, I think when it's externally referenced, meaning the job, the partner, the money, the career, the success, when we're waiting on something external to validate our happiness or to grant us our happiness, we're screwed. Like <laughs> we are yeah. perpetually screwed at that point. We will never find it. It will always be elusive. It will always be out there. So internally referencing happiness has been my secret sauce. And that's different for everybody. You know, you really got to get clear on what your values are. You got to get clear on what matters most to you in the world. You got to get clear on those little tiny magic moments that are mm. life. Because a lot of us think life is this like, oh, when I 
hit the big career, when I get the money, when that's not life. Life is the little tiny moments in between. And if you can find and really like hone in on those magical moments, even washing the dishes, if you can find happiness in washing the dishes, find something pleasant in that, even if it's putting on a podcast or an audiobook while you do it, which is what I have to do mm-hmm. because I don't mm-hmm. love washing the dishes, <laughs> but I do love it when I feel like I'm getting time for myself to learn and be productive. So it's like find a way based on your values that you can create an internal reference point for happiness. And then that's how you become the generator of it. You cannot wait for the outside world to grant it to you because you will be waiting forever. And I guess you are no longer, um, you're no longer, you're giving up all control to whatever everyone else has control of your inner world at that point. Yes. Yes. You, you also mentioned a cool thing in there of, uh, it's the moment to moment things. And I guess that's also true for, building your dreams. It's like, we want the thing in 10 years, but it's literally like the one headline that you may be working on right now, or that one email you're sending out to a small list of 67 people at first. Um, Those small things, like they add up to some massive, you'll be a beast in 10 years if you continue it. That's it. And those small things are your business. You know, I was just doing a coaching call of one of my groups yesterday and she was freaking out because she's launching her group program. She's like, I only have four people signed up. She's like, I'm freaking out. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to cancel it. Like, and Mm -hmm. I've been there, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure so many of us have been there. And, and I told her, I'm like, listen, this is your problem right now. In 10 years, your problem is that you only have a hundred people in your group Mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins, when he first started, his problem was he couldn't get more than three people in a room. Now his problem when he has 10,000 people in an arena, maybe that he can't get more than 8,500. You know, it's like our problems shift with every level that we hit. So we've got to get really clear of how can I make this a win no matter what? And that is the game. Like if you can make the tiny moments, writing the headline, only getting four people to sign up for your course, if you can make that the win and go, ooh, this is magic. This is what it's about. It's the freaking journey getting to the mountain. That matters because that's what's making me into the person that can hold the mountain when I get there. I love that. There was there was this one story in this book I read. And it was the guy had an opportunity to sit in with the richest people in the world. There was twenty or thirty people, and the people were asked, "What um, what was your favorite part of the journey?" And they all said, "Like in the dorm room, or before yes. the investors, before the shareholders, before the stress, before the anxiety." When I was there with nothing except a can of yeah. coke and like some you know, $5 fried chicken, like building right. this thing with full creative power. They, yes. everyone almost said, wow. if I could go back to that, I would, because now they've that. got constrictions and they're, you know, the, the, they're in their flow. So I, I, I am reminded of that often and I share it because I'm like, right now is like the funnest part because you yes. have full creative expression and one small mistake is not going to cost you a million dollars. It's going to cost you 10 bucks oh. and you'll move on. Totally. And you don't have as many eyes watching or you don't have as many people Mm. relying on you. You know, you think about when a a company goes public, you've got shareholders and you've got the news and you've got all these people like looking at you to make the right decision. And right now, all of us, especially as coaches, we have so much creative freedom. Now is the time to play. Now is the time to try it out. And we'll never know unless we give it a shot. Transitioning out of that. This is a, a typical question I like to ask because people come from all these different walks of life. Um, so I usually ask the question, and again, this is a, this is a very general, uh, one-size-fits-all type of question, but I'd be curious of your answer, is what do you think generally is holding people back from that elusive next level? 
Mm. From success, I guess, if you want to call yeah. it that. Like from what they yeah. want. Uh, the small I, thing that makes a big difference. I think what's holding most people back is the fact that they think they want something that they don't actually really want. So they think they want fill in the blank, right? They think they want, oh, I want this course to be really successful. I want to be the next Tony Robbins. Like that used to be my thing. I want to be the female Tony Robbins. We th- and I was so sure of it. So and sure you of pretty it. much are though. Let's just, uh, maybe you're, you're maybe, realizing yeah. that slow. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But oh. that was like my thing. And that was my mountaintop. And I was moving towards that mountaintop with fierce commitment and focus. And what I realized along the way was that that mountaintop wasn't actually the thing. The thing was, I wanted to feel like I was worthy enough. I wanted to feel like I was good enough, mm-hmm. that I accepted myself, that I was whole, that I was a brilliant soul that was here to create and that I could actually honor my creations instead of judge them and, and pick them apart and say, that's not good enough yet. And all of that. And that's what I actually really wanted. And I think that the Tony Robbins moniker at the top of the mountain for me was just a stand in for, for true worthiness. And that was my own job to do. So I think if we really get clear about what's underneath the thing that we think we want, that we're saying we want, if we can get clear on what the, the real meat is under that, then we can actually get to work on that thing. And once we have that thing, all the external things happen. They all come together because you got the real thing. And then truthfully, none of the external stuff matters, which is why it comes to us so so easily because we're not holding on to it so tightly. It's like, oh yeah, I'll take it, leave it, whatever. I'm, I'm worthy, I'm whole. Would you say that that is also when I see people procrastinating, like they say they want something, but they're not, they're procrastinating and they're, it's difficult to do. I'm usually like, check your alignment. Like, what is it you're yeah. working? Is it? Um, so that would probably be even a deeper, um, if you're not feeling motivated to do the thing you say you want. Like if you were truly tuned in to chasing what you say you want, I think yeah. you'd be up at 4 a.m. We've all experienced times 100%. in our lives where we're like, dude, I don't need to sleep. Like, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's never been a business, think about a time when you were in love, you know, when you were Mm. like obsessed with a person. It's like you stay up all night. You would stay up all night with them, even if you're exhausted. Right. Looking at each other and talking about life and all of the things. And it's when we truthfully want to be present to something in life, we will find the energy. We will find the resources. We will make it happen. So Mm. the truth is for a lot of the procrastinators out there, especially, I think they may want it. But what they want more is their comfort. And unfortunately, a lot of people have this idea that if they become successful, they become successful, they'll lose their comfort and it will require them to be out in public. It will require them to be judged. It will require them to maybe lose their friends or their family. They have a lot of stories around what success requires. And I think that's why a lot of people procrastinate because they're almost afraid, not really of failing, but they're afraid of what success might mean for them. 100% 100% and I'm I, I every time you like say something I laugh because I'm like hey I thought or I say and when you said the female version of Tony Robbins is what you wanted sometime I remember saying over and over like I will I want to beat Tony Robbins like I want to yeah. I want Tony <laughs> Robbins to come to my event he's going to come to my yeah, event and I'll, I'll, I'll have him you know like I, I guess I'll have him yeah, um, maybe yeah maybe we'll see, we'll see. We'll see if there's room on the, on the stage We'll so, <laughs> so that being said, I've done a lot of Tony Robbins work, like every book, yeah. every workshop, every course, everything yeah. I could get my hands on. And you have this one exercise that I was hoping you could share um, mm-hmm. on conscious and unconscious agreements, super simple, super basic. And it has to do with beliefs, but I feel like it was either, 
I wasn't ready back then for it or the depth of some of the subconscious belief work that I've done in the past wasn't as well laid out as your conscious and unconscious grievance, but it just made it really simple for me. And I was like, oh, that, oh, that. Like 80 things later, I'm like, oh, this, oh, this. It was like an <laughs> eye-opener yeah. that I didn't have to fix. Just being aware yeah. of it was enough for me to fix it. Like yeah. it didn't have to be fixed. Um, could, you, could you share a little bit about that maybe to yeah. someone who wants to learn? Yeah, so an unconscious agreement is essentially just something that we believe isn't of course in life. It's just something like, well, yeah, that's just what you do. Men are supposed to do that. Women are supposed to do that. You're supposed to do this if you want to be successful. It's just an of course. So anything that your brain goes automatically like, this is how it happens. This is how it should work. Shoulds are our immediate unconscious agreement. So what we do in our work together, you're an integrate, which is our like leadership program after bridge. We talk about this and we peel back, like what are the, some of the unconscious agreements you have around relationship, around family, around money, around success, around all of these different things. And they're unconscious because we don't think about them. We just think that this is the way that life should work. It's our filter of the world and our view of reality. And the thing is, is when you get into relationship with another human being, you have two unconscious agreement filters meeting each other and then going, no, it should be like this. No, it should be like this. No, it and then you're making the other person wrong for their filter of the world. So what we want to do is we want to bring those unconscious agreements to the conscious forefront. Think about them, write them down, look at them and go, do I choose this? Is this actually mine? Where did I get it from? A lot of my unconscious patterning I got from my grandmother, my yaya, who is part of my, my Greek side of the family, who's very prim and proper and she's a housewife and a mother and like that's what greek women do you cook you're dutiful you take care of the family and that's it and a lot of my guilt around being a successful mm. woman comes around my unconscious agreements that she didn't mean to put on me but just by her way of being and we lived with her for a while just by living with her and having her as the matriarch of our family pattern that into my subconscious reality that that's how a woman is supposed to be and then I have unconscious agreements for my mom, who's like a wild child and totally the antithesis of my yaya, that it's like, oh, no, a woman's supposed to be like that. So I've mm -hmm. got these conflicting realities around woman, which have peeled back like so much of my sexuality and so much of being a mom and so much of being a working mom. It just I had to pull all that to the surface and go, OK, what do I choose for myself? What is real for me? What matters to me based on my values and based on how I want to create my life? So that's essentially what it is. It's doing the work to kind of dig, pull all the shoulds up, look at them and go, is this mine? Do I choose it? Do I want to fix it? Yes or no? And then it's our choice. I love that. It's such like an exciting time. I was just talking to my mom about it. She's like, man, when I was growing up, like we didn't have time to even think about what it is you're doing. And I feel like this generation, we are so privileged we i think that's a we good are. word like we, we just have the time and the space to be bored and through the boredom <laughs> like we, we don't have to, my dad had to like work six jobs and my mom had to work. like they yeah. had to they had to be in it and they never thought about why do i do it this way and i think it's such an awesome time where we're like hey does it have to be but does you know i mean all yeah. these passion-based businesses starting up fuels me because yeah. i'm like you can do that now and you have the time to do it and what is it you want and why do you do this and but my mom was like, I, I just don't get it. Like, just, just do yeah. your thing. But like, they just, so it's so cool. Like, it's so much fun to see yeah. the awakening and like so many people just thinking about this stuff. And that's what it is. Like, I think about it as an evolution. And I was talking to my yaya about this because she's in her late 80s. And she's like, I just think it's so cool that we're all 
like I, she's like, I see the grandkids and you all have surpassed us so far in like how you think mm. and how you're traveling the world. She's like, I never tried. She's, she never went back to Greece after they emigrated here. Mm. So it's like, she's like, I never traveled. I stayed in our little hometown and worked at the restaurant and, you know, just stood by your grandfather and, and did all the things. And she's like, we never, we never thought outside of the box that we were handed. And I think that is our privilege of being in this particular time, in this particular information age, is we have access to everything. And it frustrates me so much when people are like, oh, I can't. I'm like, hold <laughs> on, pause, mm -hmm. because I have family, brothers and sisters, not blood, but brothers and sisters in Africa and the communities I work with, with my nonprofit, that were literally born in the slums with nothing, that don't have education, but now have mobile technology. And they are now creating businesses mm -hmm. and are entrepreneurs using mobile technology, literally using the Nokia phones that we had back in the 90s. I'm like, come on, yeah, you cannot tell totally. me that you can't do it in the Western world. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> After spending six months in Central America, like to get a nice looking piece of fruit was like a... Uh, it was a journey. You'd have to go and you go to the markets and you're looking for food. And then I remember after six months, all like with my regularly clothes, I came, I flew back to Vancouver and I went into a superstore. It's like a big supermarket. And I was like, yeah. like I felt tears. I'm just like, there is so freaking much and half of this is being thrown away. And you right. experience that and then you're right back to where you were after a month or two. You integrate back into your way of yeah. being. But those yeah. little reminders. Uh, yeah are unreal. We have everything we need and more to do whatever we want. I truly believe that. Like without a, I do too. you couldn't, you, you could, yeah, I die for that belief. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And, and it's so interesting, like even in the developing world, that is the, like we are, we've gotten 2 billion people out of extreme poverty over the last few decades. Hmm. Because of opening up the free markets. It's because people are now given these access points of technology where we've got India as one of the largest emerging economies in the world. Where 40 years ago, India was like mm. the largest place for deep poverty that we've seen anywhere in the world. So we really have to look at this evolution and this brilliance that technology has brought us while also being aware that technology is not our God and we get to truly remain in control of yeah. technology and not have it control our lives, you know? I love that. I love that. I love that. There's always the other side of the story. Um, <laughs> yes. be before I ask you the ultimate final question that I ask absolutely everyone, and it's a big one, uh, can we chat a little bit about the bridge, where people can find it? What do you guys yeah. do? What's the work you're doing? If someone wants to connect in some way, uh, how do they do it? What's the best way? All the down, all the all the info. I truly, if if you consume my stuff and you um, have even an ounce of trust into what I do, I can a million times vouch. I don't get paid for this. I don't get this is no JV or or affiliate partnership. Um, the work really had an impact on me, and I saw the impact on other people. So I get nothing from this except the pleasure of knowing that at least a few people took you up on this. So where can they yeah. find you, or how can they work with you? Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in coming to The Bridge, which I hope you are, it's amazing. Um, you can go to bridgeexperience.com or thebridgemethod.org. The Bridge Method is kind of our overall site, but Bridge Experience will take you right there. Um, and truthfully, as I was saying earlier, it's just the work of finding and remembering your truest, wholest expression. So we don't believe there's one way to the mountain of the self. We believe there's a thousand different ways and we work on all the ways and use as much of the methodology that we've been learning and training in for the last decade plus to really hit all the centers, heart, mind, and soul until you feel it. 
Because if you get it up in the mind, it's all good, right? Like a lot of us consume information on podcasts and audiobooks, and it's amazing. But I don't know about you, Lucas. There's so many times that I've learned something up in my brain, but in the real world, I can't apply it because it's not embodied yet. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, there was that concept I should probably apply here, but I don't know how to yet because I haven't tried it on. And the bridge is all about getting in the game, getting in the arena, trying on a new expression of yourself, the truest expression of yourself. And it is slightly uncomfortable, but what you get on the other side of it is, is you. You get you back and you get to reclaim who you've always been. And that to me is like, there's no greater work in our lifetime than that work. And if you can do that work, and, and we're not the only ones doing that type of work, there's a lot of different ways to get there. However, we stand by the work that we do. We love it so much. Um, so if you can get in that room, get in that room, sign up for Extreme Leadership, which is our level two as well. That is literally taking that new expression you found and then we put it into the test in terms of real life leadership. Like what does it look like to be yourself fully in the goal line, in the soul line, creating real tangible change in the world and doing it from the deepest space of alignment. So that it's, it's just magic. Get there if you can. Um, if you want to follow me online at Alexi Panos on all the things, I primarily hang out on Instagram. Instagram's my jam. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But like you said, you know, if, if, if you guys feel like this is something that you want in Vancouver, let Lucas know because he said, he's like, if I can get a group of 30 to 40 people, let's do this. And Preston and I will fly up. We'll put it on for you guys. We'll do what we can to make it as easy as possible for you. If you can't do Vancouver right away, cause we don't have a date yet. Come down to LA. We'll be there in October. Um, yeah, we'll be in Australia in November. Find a way, make a way, get there in the room. You will not regret it. And and check off the little box for the extreme. The bridge is like, uh, it's like child's play. I mean, it's 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 necessary because you'd freak out if you just yeah. went to the extreme. But yeah. uh, check the little box for the extreme. Um, yeah. Spend the you'll you'll make the money ten times back um, just from 100%. who you will become. So. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it builds, you know, everybody leaves the bridge and they're like, wow, that was amazing. And then they get to extreme, they're like, oh, the bridge, Whew, that's nothing because extreme is extreme. We push you all the way there and then some, and we break through all of the bullshit identities that we've created and kind of, you know, just taken on in our lifetime. We just crack through them and we 100%. really like, it's so fun, right? <laughs> 100%. It's crazy. It's madness. Um, first time I, well, I, I, way back in the day, I was 18 to 22, I was an actor actually in LA. Um, I was in Santa yeah. Monica and I was doing a lot of acting work and I started getting remember, like we did some crazy shit cause like it was all about yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone, but I didn't understand the impact that that work was having, but it, there was, um, a lot of the exercises were a lot of the same for method acting. It was like really yeah. deep type acting styles. Uh, but yeah. it's on a whole new level. It's like you're doing some spiritual work, not just acting work. So uh, go get there. Uh, if you need any information on it, let me know. If you do go or you do sign up, let me know because I'd like to just watch your journey through it uh, or support in any way I can. With that said, I got one final question that I ask everybody. And we'll have all the links below, um, both on iTunes, SoundCloud, and if you're actually on the website, all of the links will be below. Just search for them. Yeah. If you want it, you'll find it. Uh, final question. If you were to, and I'll knock on wood, I'm always careful with how I phrase this with certain people, but if you were to vanish from the physical world tomorrow, if, if you were no longer here, um, yeah. and you could leave something on your tombstone, gravestone, you could leave something in a book, or leave something written in the sky for people to 
taken with where you are right now in your journey. Yeah. One message, one sentence that you could really penetrate into someone's heart and just be like, or the younger version of yourself that was just like, hey, like take this and, and remember it. What would that legacy or what would that message uh, be? Mm. I think it would be have the courage to be unapologetically yourself. You are born into this world with everything you could possibly need to live your fullest actualization, to leave your legacy behind. And you left that part of you behind. Most of us do, you know? So have the courage to find that version of you, to find the most authentic, truest version of you, because that version of you has everything you could possibly need to live your greatest and highest life. Alexi, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. We'll be chatting soon. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so, so much. Good. Thanks really for powerful. Me. Thank you. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.